Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things? Things are good. Yesterday I started my daily drive time show on Steelers Nation Radio and just finished it up today. So every day from 4 to 6, you can find us on SNR. It's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely our busy time of year as, yeah. as football really gets going and we pick up some new work. And uh, we, we've got a great guest today, Matt. We're talking to Scott Barrett, Senior Fantasy Analyst from PFF. Scott, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you back. We were just talking before we hit record here about just the busy time of year that this is. But it's, it's a good busy, right? We love it. It is. Scott, what uh, before we kind of get into our topic today, what are some of uh, what's on your plate this season as far as your content that you're going to be uh, putting out at PFF? Uh, I, I really don't know too much for sure just yet, but uh, I do know the Chalk Talk DFS podcast that I do with Tyler Beaker is coming back this year, uh, as well as my actual opportunity report, which you can check out uh, every single week. Uh, that's that was the topic of our uh, podcast last year. Basically, yep. it's just an all-encompassing volume stat that, uh, especially for DFS purposes, uh, has made me a lot of money over the past two years. Can't argue with that. That's a a great stat you came up with. Some great work and research that went into that. I, I love that series for sure. I, I do miss the uh, your off-season series. Once the season really gets going, though, uh, that's that's a fun one that I've enjoyed following. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So today, Scott, we are going to talk about uh, some some dynasty players. Uh, going to ask you to challenge yourself, put on your dynasty hat for a minute. I know your focus is on DFS and on seasonal leagues, uh, but you play dynasty as well. So we'll we'll challenge you a little bit today. Maybe this is probably the question that I've gotten asked uh, the most over the past few weeks is who are these players that we need to buy now before we see their price increase uh, this season? And, and the great thing about that question is it could be a player who's already in the first or second round that that we really just expect to blow up, or it could be somebody who's maybe not even getting drafted in dynasty drafts who we expect to gain value and maybe become a, a top 100 player or something like that. So we'll break this down by position. Of course, we'll start at quarterback You've already shared with me a few of your favorite uh, favorite values and favorite players that you expect to gain some value. But at that quarterback position, who would you say is 
who, who's your number one guy? Your your number one value if you you would buy him right now before he blows up in 2018. Uh, well, before I go into the specifics of the players, I do want to talk a little bit of, just about my general dynasty strategy. Again, like you said, you know I'm a little more focused in uh, maybe redraft or DFS, but I do love dynasty playing a bunch of leagues. Um, so just generally in, in startups or using startup ADP uh, for when I'm trying to make trades, I, I like to go super old at quarterback, uh, super young at wide receiver and running backs. Uh, though I won't be beyond grabbing like a Mark Ingram, LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore type uh, in drafts when the, the value's there. Uh, I'll go old at tight end too when called for it, like a Delaney Walker kind of guy. And, and this goes back to some work I've done uh, specifically on aging curves. And uh, just with quarterback and tight end, those positions tend to stick around for quite a long time. But dynasty players are still overvaluing youth there, so it really creates some value. Like uh, like two years ago, I, I traded a second-round rookie pick for Ben Roethlisberger. The guy didn't want him because he's too old. And, you know, I'm, I'm still, like, trotting him out there every single home game. So I definitely returned <laughs> no value on that on that trade. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, so, so just uh, – uh, we can go into some of those guys, but uh, I think right now the, the guy at the top is is Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's QB 16 by your ADP, and I, I feel really confident in the next two years he's going to be a top five uh, dynasty quarterback. Uh, I wish I could have a, a throw out all of my dank stats, but the, the, the thing about Baker Mayfield is all of his stats are incredibly dank. You know, he he's just every – my, I wrote an article in May uh, called Baker Mayfield, the top rookie quarterback for fantasy. You can Google that, uh, where I really just laid it out. But essentially, anything you want to look at, every single metric I do look at for quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield clearly at the top of the chart, not just last year, the year before that, but every single season he's been a quarterback during the PFF college era. Uh, three of our top seven highest-graded quarterback seasons – uh, all belong to Baker Mayfield. 2017, 2016 were one and two. Uh, what are we seeing from him this preseason as well? He's one of our top four highest graded uh, quarterbacks, top four in passer rating as well. Uh, and, and, you know, I, it feels weird to say it, but I, I, I like that, that situation he has going on in Cleveland right now. I, I think that's a really good one. It's funny, you haven't gotten to the, you, you have four guys on your list. I pulled out three guys, and my other three are the exact same three that you're about to talk about. But I like this Mayfield call a lot. I don't know that he's going to be a breakout guy this year, but I'm really excited when the Browns' next head coach gets a hold of him. Right. I, to me, I just see it. He's a guy, like, if, if, if fantasy assets were stocks, he's a guy with an immense forward P ratio. What's he doing for you in the immediate? Probably not much. Uh, I don't see him, you you really starting him unless you're super quarterback desperate. And, you know, he might not even start a single game this year. But like I said, that return on investment is going to be super high in maybe next year or the year after that. Definitely see him as a guy with top five potential. Love the talent. Yeah, the thing about Mayfield from a dynasty perspective, when you're just talking value, you mentioned it, Scott. He's already quarterback 16 in our ADP. He's ahead of uh, a lot of reliable veterans and some of those guys that we'll get to in just a moment. 
but even if Mayfield doesn't play, if we fast forward a year, Tyrod Taylor's gone and, and Mayfield hasn't even stepped foot on the field, which I think we would all agree is probably a long shot. But even if that's the case, he's still likely gaining value because he's ready to step into that offense as the starter in his second season. And he just has that insulated value, that floor that unless he goes out there and has a Deshaun Kaiser type season, he's he's going to maintain this value at least through the 2019 season. Yeah, again, I just want to reemphasize, I, I do like to uh, grab these old quarterbacks everyone else is neglecting because that's where the value is in Dynasty. But this is a guy I just feel really strongly on. By my data, he's easily the best uh, quarterback prospect to come out since 2015, and it's not close. Uh, so, again, just just really believe in the talent. Though, for my own teams, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably go after maybe like the guy we're, we're, we're going to talk about next, Matt Ryan, who's 33 years old. And, you know, if that's a running back, he's, he's basically dead. <laughs> but for a quarterback, you, you, you're going to have another, hopefully, like six or seven more seasons uh, with, with him as being a reliable uh, starter in that fringe QB1 range. Uh, Matt, you, I, I have some stats on, on why I think Ryan's a value at QB18, but, uh, but you like him too? I do. I think it's a great buy-low moment for an excellent football player with a very good supporting cast. And, you know, PFS have told us, you know I mean, like, he was like the most unlucky quarterback that you can remember last year. That's right. You know, with that's right. Anything interceptable was intercepted, or anything not interceptable was intercepted. And his TD numbers are going to go up. I mean, he's a great player in a great system in a great situation. So, so you nailed it. Uh, so he threw twelve interceptions last season, but he was credited with only five turnover worthy throws. That's amazing. That's easily the unluckiest season of the past decade by a good margin on top of that 34 of his passes were dropped last year that ranked wow. fourth most uh if, if you want to look at depth adjusted completion percentage uh uh pff adjusted passer rating uh pff grade he was top three in, in all three categories basically there was almost no statistical difference between his 2016 league mvp season and where he was last year outside of just poor you know uh getting unlucky in these various stats and slightly worse uh, wide receiver play. Yeah, I think Ryan is just a case of the dynasty community overreacting to, you know, that recent, uh, those recent seasons, recency bias, if you want to call that, call it that after his 2016 season, we saw him jump way up higher than he had ever been in ADP. And now this is closing in on his low point at quarterback 18. Who's the next guy you want to talk about, Scott? Uh, This one I feel really strongly about. Uh, He's only 24 years old, and that's Jameis Winston. Uh, So I I can't really explain his his ADP uh, at QB19. It just doesn't make any sense to me. People maybe think he wasn't that good last year, uh, but that's not true at all. He was just hurt. So if you take away every game he played on fewer than 50% of the team snaps, he averaged 306.9 yards per game. Uh, that would have led the position by 20.8. During those weeks, he averaged 19.9 fantasy points per game. That would have ranked fourth best among all quarterbacks. The year before, he finished 10th in total fantasy points. Uh, just a, a clear, obvious value and a, a guy who's, who's super young and should have 
plenty, plenty of seasons of, uh, you know, QB1 production. He played so well and was so productive when he got back from injury. He finished last year. I mean, nobody was watching Tampa. They were out of the, out of the playoffs, basically. But he came back playing by far the best football of his career. He's running a little bit more now. I think he's an easy buy. And I think a lot of people are out there thinking, boy, Tampa's not going to keep him around. They're going to move on from him. He's a bad guy. Oh, he's a productive quarterback, and I'll take him for that price in a heartbeat. That, that, that's absolutely right. And, and those per-game stats I was referencing, like, remember, he wasn't 100% in all of those games. And, right. and what's he doing this preseason? He's lighting it up. He's PFF's highest-graded quarterback. He has a 132.2 passer rating that leads all quarterbacks. Um, yeah, sure, he's suspended the first three games of the season, whatever. He's an easy value, again, at QB19. doesn't make much sense to me. Loaded with weapons. Right. I think it is that that suspension and, and maybe some of the talk that went along with that that Matt mentioned that has pushed his value down, which uh, if you're in an MFL 10 or if you're in a seasonal redraft league, then, yeah, I get that. He, he has to be moved down based on uh, missing a big chunk of the season. But from a dynasty standpoint, this this is crazy. He was mm-hmm. he's been so closely associated with Marcus Mariota throughout his career as they were in the same draft class and. Uh, and we're both drafted highly there and their ADP has essentially been interchangeable throughout their career as well. Until now, Mariota's quarterback 12, uh, and Winston, as you said, quarterback 19, there's almost 30 spots difference between the two, just a huge value. I agree with you on that one. And Winston vastly outplayed him last year. Yeah. (laughs) Right. All right. Finish up at the quarterback position, Scott. Uh, so that's another young guy that's Dak Prescott. Um, so again, he looked atrocious last season, but part of that was he didn't have uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, teams were putting way more defensive pressure on the pass on Prescott himself. Uh, he, he wasn't able to uh, be as effective uh, with play action passing. Uh, basically, so so last year when Elliott missed time, Prescott averaged only 13.8 fantasy points per game. But over the past two seasons when Elliott was on the field, he averaged 20.0 fantasy points per game. Only Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers ranked higher over that span. Uh, over the past two seasons, again, uh, only Aaron Rodgers ranked higher in fantasy points per dropback. Uh, you know, Dallas kind of runs that conservative, run-heavy offense. Um but that's a, another part of him. He, he was electric as a runner in college, and that's not really being baked into his dynasty potential. Imagine if uh, Dallas took the training wheels off of him some and, and, and let him uh, run a little bit more because, honestly, he, he wasn't breaking the pocket and running as much as uh, a lot of the other quarterbacks were, uh, especially over the past two seasons. A lot of people are worried about the, the difference in receiving play, but uh, you can check out an article I wrote on Dak Prescott metrics that matter. You can Google it. It's, it's free. Uh, you don't need to subscribe. Uh, and I, I, I looked at, uh, I think people are overestimating statistically the loss of these receivers. Typically uh, it doesn't make a huge impact on quarterbacks. Um, and then on, on, on top of that, uh, yeah, he's just a, he's just a strong value. Ryan, what's your thoughts on Dak? I guess I just don't, I don't really get it. I don't get how he's fallen off so much. Uh, I, I understand the concern about the wide receiver position as well. And 
I mean, if you want to talk about the loss of Dez, you know, honestly, I'm just not sure that's much of a loss at this point. Dez wasn't, honestly, Dez wasn't a major factor last year either. And Prescott was quarterback 10. So we've got two seasons of data on him. He's quarterback six and quarterback 10 with subpar wide receiving core. Uh, It's going to be subpar again, probably, but uh, they at least have more options this year than they've had the past couple years, even with the loss of Dez and the loss of Jason Witten, uh, bringing in, you know, bringing in these other guys, Hearns and, uh, and drafting Gallup and, and even Tavon Austin. So I'm not as concerned as, as his ADP might reflect that the community is. Yeah, he was another one on my list. And But like Mayfield, I don't know that his value is going to spike during the year. Like, I don't think he's going to have a huge statistical year, although his legs make it, you know, his floor pretty high. But I think next offseason, when they draft Fant in the first round and sign the number one free agent wide receiver and it's Gallup's second year in the system, all of a sudden it'll be like, oh, everyone's buying Dak and you already got him on the cheap. I mean, I think he's a great call. What else is a great call, Ryan? This is something you guys got to hear. It's new. It's a new uh, sponsor for Dynasty Blueprint, Squad QL or Roto QL. They kind of go by both. Whatever you want to, whatever you want to see. Do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football leagues? Well, of course you do. That's why you're listening to us right now, right? Well, look no further and download Squad QL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for you each week based on your starters, your bench players, and the free agent pool. It like does all the work for you. So you're asking, how does SquadQL actually do this? This is pretty cool. The app actually connects directly with your Yahoo, ESPN, or CBS leagues. It pulls out your roster and the scoring system and all the free agents out there. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations, plus the app gives you your player rankings each week, and it's all based on your league settings. So again, it does all the work for you. It's great. SquadQL truly is your go-to app this fantasy football season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily lineup fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over a hundred thousand daily fantasy players you can also download rotoql for free at both apple and android so check both those out scott let's move over to the running back position i'm going to ask you the same question let's start with your favorite value at that running back position from a dynasty perspective if you had to pick one guy you're buying now before the 2018 season who would that be um, I, I guess I could go with Christian McCaffrey. He's not an insane value at RB 11, but uh, he's just my guy. I'm like so heavily invested in McCaffrey and dynasty and redraft, uh, my, my Twitter reputation everywhere. Uh, I just think he's going to explode this year and I'm super excited for it. So do you buy into, to all of this 25 touch a game talk? I mean, I know you've, you've done endless amounts of research as, as far as uh, usage and, and all that goes into that. I mean, that's certainly, that can't be realistic, right? Uh, so I don't think so. That's like Danian Tomlinson-esque workload. 
Uh, probably not. I Still, I, I do think it's going to be a big increase on where he was last season. Remember, this is the guy who broke Barry Sanders' all-purpose uh, yardage record in college. This is a guy who can main, handle a bell cow workload. I think you, people talk about his frame, uh, but it, it's kind of like a T he, he's, he's framed similarly to Tiki Barber who uh, maintained that sort of workload. He had a ma- massive workload in college uh, and, and all these comments from the coaches from both Ron Rivera, North Turner, all this is saying is that he's going to have, a massive uptick in usage. And I really do see that being the case. Uh, remember, sure. He, he was ineffective as a runner last season, but highly effective in college. It's just a one year sample. His yards per carry in his rookie season was below the yards per carry of Ladanian Tomlinson, Le'Veon Bell in their rookie seasons. This preseason, he's maintaining a bell cow workload. He's playing on almost 100% of the snaps. Um, and, and remember, targets are just worth so much more than carries, and even in standard leagues, but especially in PPR leagues. Uh, so he has that really high floor, really high target floor, and I think uh, the additional rushing workload he's going to see this year is just the icing on the cake. So for Dynasty, do you prefer him to Cook, Hunt, Fournette? Um, in, in a PPR league, I think I do prefer him to Cook, uh I think I do prefer him to Fournette, maybe not Hunt. Okay. That was another one of my guys last year I was all in on. That worked out. Yep, I can confirm <laughs> that. <laughs> we, we had some chats about about that guy, and, and that definitely went your way. Uh, with McCaffrey, so he is running back 11, as you mentioned. Do you, do you see him having that potential to sneak into the top five dynasty running backs this time next year? I, I don't know that I'd necessarily – bet money on it, but I, I, I could see that. I think that's within his range of outcomes. Uh, you know, we all thought that when he was drafted last year, you, this is a guy who historically great. And, uh, you know, just because he struggled a little bit as a runner last season I, in his rookie year, I don't think that's, that should take away too much from our prior expectations. Who's another guy at the running back position you're investing in right now? Uh, that's Tevin Coleman at RB26. That's just, I don't have too many crazy stats on that. It's just fairly obvious he's going to be a free agent next year and should see his value rise similarly to, to what McKinnon has seen his value rise uh, this offseason. Yeah, I think I think Coleman's going to be an interesting uh, case study to follow. And we've talked about this situation quite a bit on, on this show this offseason. And Coleman is certainly the favorite when people talk about who is next year's Jarek McKinnon. Who is it that's going to uh, sign with a new team and see his value spike? This time last year, though, McKinnon's ADP was outside of the top 200. So when you talk about him going from that to, I think he's RB15 this month, that's just, really, it's just unbelievable. Tevin Coleman... Starting in this RB26 range, his ADP overall is 58, so he's inside uh, inside that top five, those top five rounds. How high do you think he could go if he lands with Matt's Pittsburgh Steelers, for example? <laughs> oh my God, yeah, he 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 could push uh, first round consideration, honestly. Yeah. Okay. We you're not the first person to to say that on this show, so that may seem crazy right now, but certainly worth investing in Coleman at RB 26 prices. I will just say that, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a win, 
if I'm a win now team, he, I don't see him serving much purpose to my team this year. He's you know he's stuck in a committee, low upside. Uh, but again, if you if you're thinking long term, there's no doubt in my mind his ADP rises this time next year. Yeah, but one injury and he's a monster. Sure enough. Scott, any other running backs you're chasing right now? Uh, I will say I like Royce Freeman a lot. Uh, it's weird because his redraft ADP has skyrocketed, but according to your most most recent mock drafts, he's RB24 by Dynasty ADP. and uh, I got some heat for this back in May when I ranked him as my number three rookie running back. Uh, but it's never been more clear than it is right now. Uh, he's a guy who uh, he ranked behind only Saquon Barkley and missed tackles force per attempt. Um, ranked third behind only Penny and Geis in percentage of tackles on first contact. And then as a receiver, uh, he ranked behind only Saquon Barkley and two guys who went undrafted in career receiving yards. So he has that bell cow potential. Devontae Booker isn't a guy. Uh, D'Angelo Henderson, they're not guys who concern me too much. I think Freeman's easily the best running running back and receiving running back on this team. So I I don't know that the coaches see it right away, but uh, I think he should be the team's bell cow at some point this season. Yeah, I'm not a huge Freeman fan, honestly, just just judging him on his own merit, but you have to love that that competition or, or, or lack of competition in Denver. Um, I don't think Booker's going to slow him down much, and and I think he takes hold of that job fairly easily. I, I hope so. I mean, the team loves Booker. I, I kind of loathe Booker, and I always have, but the, the team just keeps talking him up. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it's worth tempering expectations, but, but like I said, I, I do think Freeman's easily the best running back on this team. Before we move to wide receivers, one of your others is my guy, Aaron Jones. What's your thoughts oh, on boy. him? You you knew I was going there, Ryan. Yeah, I knew it. I was just waiting. <laughs> so, so I think a concern with Aaron Jones is that he was really atrocious as a pass blocker last year. He's actually statistically our worst pass blocker. Uh, there's also the suspension you have to contend with. Uh, but on top of that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers loves him, and that's a great sign because we've seen Aaron Rodgers kind of dictate usage. Like everyone wanted to get hype about Jeff Janis, but the fact of the matter is Rodgers hated him, and he never saw the field. Uh, but uh, Aaron Jones, he was just so good as a runner last year, and especially in relation to the other runners on his team. Um, so I, let me just pull up the stat one second. He averaged 5.53 yards per carry last year. All the other running backs on his team averaged 3.62. So just goes to show you, I, I don't think there is uh, – Jamal Williams isn't a guy I'm excited about. I think Aaron Jones is easily the best pure running talent on this team. And with Rodgers back this year, that should mean plenty of near end zone rushing attempts for him. Buy low while you still can, I'm telling you. you you've been buying high recently, Matt. Well, maybe, but I like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's scoot over to the wide receiver position now. You you gave me several names. I don't know if we can get to all of these guys, but tell me the one guy who is your favorite at the wide receiver position, Scott. Um, I guess I could go with Albert Wilson at wide receiver 90. Just all the statistics I typically look at suggest that Wilson was one of the most efficient wide receivers last year, as well as throughout the entirety of his career. Uh, so since he entered the league in 2013, he leads all 
wide receivers and missed tackles forced per reception. Uh, he's really electric with the ball in his hands. He ranks fourth best over that span in yards after the catch per reception. Last year, he led again in missed tackles forced per reception in first downs per target and average separation and yards after the catch per reception. Fourth in passer rating when target targeted. Fourth in depth adjusted yards per target. Just a, a bunch of numbers that suggest uh, he's really highly efficient. Uh, granted, he was playing out of the slot in a lot of these, and I know the team's looking to move him around quite a bit, but uh, I think it's time to give up on Devontae Parker and uh, easily worth a dart throw at that price. Yeah, Wilson is an interesting guy. He made that move from Kansas City to Miami this offseason, and it seemed like that brought him an initial value bump that finally he was going to see these opportunity uh, and Scott, most of what you shared there are, are these efficiency targets that, as fans of his, we just want to see him get more opportunity. And this was finally looking like the chance. But lately, some of these comments from Adam Gaze, we have to we have to wonder if they even know what to do with this guy. Talking about playing him on the outside uh, and, and things like that. I don't know what uh, does that concern you at all as far as how he's going to be used or what his value or production could be. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I mean, I think the guy should be in the slot and heavily targeted. Uh, but at the same time, you can make the case that, you know, Gase wants this guy everywhere because he's that electric as a weapon. Uh, I guess it really comes down to how much you believe in Devontae Parker. But either case, a wide receiver 90, uh, definitely willing to make that gamble. Yeah, obviously he's cheap. But, and, and they actually gave him pretty good money, which usually tells you a lot. I just don't know where he fits in right now. but And it wouldn't shock me if Parker's not there for long and they add another big name in some way, shape, or form, too. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, again, kind of like with the Freeman conversation, I like Wilson not only because I like his profile and some of the things that that Scott shared, but, again, this, this opportunity and his competition. We've heard trade rumors with Devontae uh, Parker, they also added Danny Amendola, who I know Scott likes in, in seasonal leagues as a value as well, but he's got the injury history and, and he's, he's not long for the, for that team. Um, you know, this, this could certainly be his only season or maybe one or two years there. Who knows? But uh, at, at wide receiver 90 and ADP outside of the top 200, I, I totally agree. Wilson is a guy to take a chance on and he's actually on the waiver wire of some of my leagues. So, I know what I'm doing after this show. Uh, Scott, you've got, uh, you've got a lot of rookie wide receivers on your list. This, this class was not really known as a strong wide receiver class. Uh, again, lots of talk about the running back position, Saquon Barkley and Freeman and, and all these other guys. Uh, but it looks like based on this, you like some of these rookie receivers. Yeah, so coming out of the draft, I said I think Michael Gallup and James Washington have as good of a chance as anyone to uh, as as any of the rookie wide receivers to finish as the highest scoring rookie wide receiver this season. Uh, and I stand by that. I, I liked both quite a bit, and their ADPs are, are low. Wide receiver fifty two for Michael Gallup, wide receiver fifty three for James Washington. I like their long term potential as well. Both stop, uh, uh, both popped in a number of stats I typically look at. Um, James Washington was the number two wide receiver in our draft guide. We know Pittsburgh knows how to draft uh, wide receivers. 
Uh, and Martavis Bryant leaves behind 84 targets in his departure. Michael Gallup, meanwhile, uh, he was the number five wide receiver in our draft guide. Uh, he finished as our highest graded wide receiver via the pass last year. He dominated in yards per route run, which is what I think one of the most important efficiency metrics for wide receivers. Uh, so I just like those guys quite a bit. You, you can see like Anthony Miller's priced like four rounds higher. I like him a lot too, but you know, I'd rather grab the value in one of these guys in a startup. Washington's been awesome. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, we saw that huge game from Washington last weekend. Uh, Matt, any any thoughts from you on or, or insight, I guess, on how they're going to use Washington? The the conversation is the same with him every time that he's he's going to be behind AB and Juju and Le'Veon Bell for targets. And because of that, we should just avoid him, which which seems silly. That was kind of the, some of the same things that were being said about Juju this time last yeah, year. Yeah, it's funny. We did a fantasy segment today, and we were talking about Washington for redraft. And I said, well, isn't that where Juju was going last year at this time? You know, I mean, and they, they're predominantly a three-drop-wide team like everybody. And he's mostly going to be outside, but he has lined up in the slot here and there, which surprised me, but they like those guys to be interchangeable. Um, he makes a play every practice. I mean, a big play, a wow play. He's extremely impressive. Big, strong, powerful hands. Plays bigger than he looks. Plucks a ball off defensive backs' heads over and over. Downfield, good after the catch. Uh, he's a steal in the late second round in the NFL draft. And, and I've been trying to buy him up as much as I can in, in Dynasty. But um, I think he could be a star. Scott, any other wide receivers before we wrap up that position? Yeah, on my list, I had Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver 47, John Ross, wide receiver 62, Robert Woods, Chris Hogan, Nelson Aguilar, Calvin Benjamin, uh, just all the, all those guys, you know, just bad ADPs, and that's about it. Like them a lot in redrafts, like them a lot in Dynasty. I would love to tell everyone once again about Harry's. feel like we haven't had this conversation in a while, Dynasty Blueprint Nation, but if you haven't already... You got to switch to Harry's. I mean, I told you I've been, I did this years ago and my face and my wife and my kids are much happier about it. And I actually look a little bit better and I don't have bumps on my face from it. So you got to do it. I mean, it's just an honest, it's a real easy decision here. Harry's.com slash dynasty, all one word, all caps. Harry's stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors is not an easy decision. So they created a trial offer for you guys. Claim yours by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. By selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's can offer their blades at a price way lower than the leading brand. It's only two bucks a blade as opposed to like four or five bucks a blade. It's not even, and they're much better blades. If you don't love your shaves, let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a full refund. So you get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, a wonderful weighted handle, Five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, travel blade travel blade cover. So, listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show. Scott, let's finish up today with the tight end position. Uh, we had, uh, it's been a while now, maybe a little over a year ago, but we had Adam Harstad on the show to talk about buying injured players and, and the discount that you can get from those guys. 
The first player on your list is Hunter Henry. You're buying him at tight end 12 and ADP outside of the top 100. Talk to us about Hunter Henry. Yeah, so if he didn't have his ACL injury. Uh, I'd have him ranked as probably tight end three in, in startups. Um, just fin- fantastic, insanely efficient tight end over his short career. Uh, he's hit at least 70 receiving yards or scored a touchdown in seven of his 25 target games. Uh, that's a higher rate than any other tight end, including Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he was our number two tight end in PFF grade last year behind only Gronk. Uh, over the past two seasons, he ranks first in fantasy points per target, second in yards per target, third in yards per route run. And, and keep in mind, this is all while drawing just 44% of his team's tight end targets with Antonio Gates there. Earlier this offseason, before his injury, uh, Chargers brass couldn't shut up about him. They love him. They, they wanted to feature him in this offense. It's really a shame that he uh, got hurt, but at least the upside is now he's a tremendous value in startups, and uh, I'd be taking him at tight end 12 in every single draft I could. That's stealing that late. It's only a right. year. You wait a year. Who cares? It's nothing. <laughs> uh, another injured player is uh, is Darius Geis, also out for the year. But you like his teammate, Jordan Reed, uh, who knows about injuries himself. Tight end 13 this month, an ADP of 119. So he's just behind Hunter Henry. We've seen the elite production from Reed, uh, but we've also seen the the injuries every single season. I'm assuming this price is low enough for you to uh, – take a chance and take that risk. Yeah, absolutely. So with every player, it's a balance of risk and reward. And, you know, his injury risk might be uh, higher than any other tight end outside of Tyler Eifert. But, uh, you know, the reward is also highest of any tight end, even including Rob Gronkowski. If you want to look at over the past three seasons and games, he was completely healthy. So games he played 30 snaps or more. Over the past three seasons, he's averaged 17.7 fantasy points per game. Not only is that better than any other tight end over the stretch, even if you want to use the same methodology, but that's wide receiver five over the past three seasons. So you're, you're not just getting arguably the tight end with the highest upside when he's healthy, but you're also getting wide receiver one easily, mid-range wide receiver one production, and that's that's incredible. So at that ADP, 119 overall, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take that. I I know the injury history is serious. He could bust, he, whatever. I'll, I'll take that every time I can. Especially if you're win now. No, for sure. All right, Scott. I love the last call, your last player we'll talk about today. Um, I'm kind of expecting a breakout season from this guy. It's Arizona's Ricky Seals-Jones, an ADP of 183. He's tied in 23 uh, which is, I'm, I'm shocked at how late he's still going. Yeah, so I, I completely agree. The beat writers have come out. They're all saying he's going to be the starter. Uh, he is an offensive coordinator who's heavily targeted his tight ends uh, throughout his coaching history. Uh, he's 23 years old. Uh, sure, it was a it was a really small sample size, but he was fantastic on that small sample size. Actually, like all decade great. He, he only ran 68 routes last year, but he drew 28 targets, uh, totaled 201 yards, three touchdowns on those routes. That's that's crazy good. And then look at the, the competition for targets there. 
It's Larry Fitzgerald. It's David Johnson. It's no one else. I have him on my list. I have Henry on my list. I also have two others I just want to run by you guys. Gerald Everett, who reminds me of Reed a little bit. I mean, I know there's more mouths to feed with the Rams, but there's a lot of ability there, and you can get him super cheap. So Everett's on my list. And then someone at the top of the list, kind of, that goes back to your Baker Mayfield conversation is Najoku. I mean, how long is Josh Gordon around for this world? I, I don't want to get too caught up in watching hard knocks, but Najoku is just dripping with talent. Right. So I, I'm actually really glad you talked about both of those guys. Um, I, I'm on Njoku as well. Uh, specifically, he ranked top 10 in PFF grade last year, uh, which was a lot better than I thought. I thought yeah. he had a disappointing season, but our, our graders thought he actually played really well, and part of that was just poor quarterback play. But then you talked about Gerald Everett, who is really, really one of my guys. Uh, so in the PFF college era, which is 2014 through uh, 2017, Everett easily leads all tight ends and missed tackles forced per reception. Uh, wow. With, so he, he forces a missed tackle uh, every 0.52 receptions, which is ridiculous. Like, uh, Travis Kelsey led all tight ends and missed tackles forced per reception last year with like 0.18. So just at the rate he was doing that just shows this guy is elite when the ball is in his hands. Uh, granted it was against somewhat lesser competition, but still, uh, I, I'm a big believer in Everett. You know, I, I, I love the Njoku call, Matt, but I guess the concern with him as far as buying him now is he's already tight in six. Right. How much higher can he go? I mean, I guess as as some of these guys that are ahead of him, Grant, Kelsey, Zach Ertz, those those guys are all 27 or older, but uh, I don't feel like any of them are near the end of their career, even with the Gronkowski uh, rumors that we've heard this offseason. So it, it seems like there's maybe a little bit of a ceiling there as far as his dynasty value, but he's certainly a guy that you would love to have on your roster. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to play against him. I mean, I just think he is a difference maker on the field. Yeah. All right, Scott, great stuff. You've given us some uh, some food for thought and some players to chase over these next couple of weeks before uh, the season officially gets underway. Uh, and before we go, just tell all our listeners where they can find your work. Uh, you can find me at Scott Barrett DFB on Twitter. Uh, you can also check out my work at profootballfocus.com. All right. Thanks again to Scott. And thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.